are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Marcus Mosher. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. Week one has arrived, everybody. Holy smokes. We did it. We survived. Wow, does this feel good. It does, and I know it's football season because I got those like little butterflies in my stomach. Uh, I'm nervous, uh, but I'm really excited to be back, Kate. This should be a lot of fun. But we've got to continue with our team previews. We've got two more teams we have to talk about. Uh, the Washington football team and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, which one would you like to start with first? Let's start with the Titans. Uh, I feel like we can knock this one out of the park very easily because I feel like there aren't many questions here. Uh, obviously, you have Derrick Henry, yep. Darrington Evans placed on IR. Um, I, I think everybody's very well locked into their roles. Uh, obviously, we have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. I think the biggest questions for me here um, in terms of any type of fantasy football production lie at the wide receiver three position mm-hmm. and the tight end. So let's dive into that. I mean, do we have to? They're just so uninspired. <laughs> like, Josh Reynolds just does not do anything for me. Anthony Fersker is just annoying. I, I I don't know. I just, I think both of these guys are just going to eat away targets from the guys that we really care about and the guys that are actually in our starting lineups. But let's, I guess let's start with Josh Reynolds. If, let's say, A.J. Brown goes down or Julio Jones goes down, does Josh Reynolds do anything for you? Um, you know, we, he's not a sexy player. No, he's not. He's not a sexy player, but I I do think that it is worth noting that, um, he was somewhat productive, like very sneakily with the, the LA Rams. Mm -hmm. And he had a very limited role, limited opportunity behind the wide receiver core that he was playing with. I'm a little intrigued by by Josh Reynolds, especially with uh, just the the knowledge that this is going to be an efficient overall offense. Last season, um, just had 618 yards. It, 2018 ended up with five touchdowns, so he's never really put that that perfect season together. But he has been a wide receiver that's been relatively inefficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch rate just averaging 56. percent I do think that he's got a lot of room to grow, especially within this kind of an offense uh, where you've got the ground game to open things up. I mean, he could be one of these guys that you are stashing to uh, potentially, you know, fill a role. We know Julio Jones does have issues staying on the field from time to time. Sure. sure. What are your thoughts? Okay, so the only way that you are starting Josh Reynolds is if is if one of those big receivers gets hurt, right? A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. Now, A.J. Brown is a little banged up. Julio Jones, we know he can't stay healthy. So there is a path for a lot of snaps for Josh Reynolds. However, Kate, he's 26 years old, and he's never had a receiving game of over 95 yards. Like, if it didn't happen before in one of the past happiest offenses with the Rams, is it going to happen with the Titans who... Listen, if they have an injury to one of their top receivers, 
all that means is they're just going to run the ball more. And they're going to give more targets to A.J. Brown. I just, I think, That's there's, fair. I think there's other receivers out there that you can stash on your bench that have more upside than Josh Reynolds, despite Reynolds having a pretty clear path uh, to targets and to snaps. Yeah, you're probably right. He only has two performances as a wide receiver, too. Uh, nice. He has never had a wide receiver one performance. Um, definitely, definitely concerning there. I just think there's other guys out there that are on the waiver wires or on other teams, and we're going to get to Washington in a second, but like they have other guys. At on correction. Their... Sorry, that was in the last two seasons. He has not had a wide receiver one performance in the last two seasons. Yeah. That is my fault. No, that's all right. Um, I mean, but regardless, not not overly inspiring. No, not overly inspiring. Uh, how about Anthony Fersker? Are, are you interested at all? Anthony Fersker is a guy that I'm uh, not not excited about whatsoever. I don't think he's got the most immediate pathway to uh, productivity, but I mean, I, I feel like he's good for at least one one tight end, one performance uh, per year, maybe. Uh, he's got over each of the last three seasons one top one top twelve week. So maybe if he's on waivers in a tight end premium best ball league, uh, toss him in there. But otherwise, I'm not it's, not interested in Earth Anthony Ferkser. No, and again, it's just like even John o. Smith. We love John o. Smith, but he never really broke out in Tennessee. And the most, you know, he had some decent low end tight end one stuff, but it wasn't anything fantastic. It's just a, an offense that's not going to throw the ball a bunch. It's just. I don't know. It's just so uninspiring outside of Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. Like, there's really nobody else you want from this offense, correct? Correct. Okay. So I think I think we're good to move on. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best-tasting protein bar right now on the market. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's talk about Washington because this team is far more interesting from a dynasty perspective. I want to start with Antonio Gibson because we're starting to hear some reports out of Washington that they view him as the next Christian McCaffrey. That's the type of workload that he's going to get. Do you buy that? So here's my issue with that statement is that it just seems like we hear that comp every time we have a Ron Rivera <laughs> running back. Um, I, I just like, we've, we've heard this before. Um, Ron Rivera likes Christian McCaffrey and that's fantastic because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. But um, I, Christian McCaffrey, I think, was more ready, uh, interestingly enough, as a receiving running back. I I don't buy that. Because, really, you have to think that if we're comping him to Christian McCaffrey, does he have RB1 potential? Like, yes. as the RB1. Does he have the RB1 potential? I, I kind of think so, Kate. Like... Last year, Antonio Gibson was really, really good at his, as a rookie. And that's with him in his first year, you know, kind of learning the position. When he was at Memphis, he was a receiver, transitioned to the running back position. I, and I thought he looked really good without a preseason. He had some really impressive games down the stretch. Now, he got hurt 
uh, later on in the season. I believe it was early on in the Pittsburgh game, but I just think he's one of these guys that could easily average 120 yards per game. We didn't really see a ton of the receiving potential. He had 36 receptions, but J.D. McKissick took them all. If he just eats up some of those touches and he's now a guy that catches 50 or 60 passes in a season, yeah, I do think he has the the RB1 potential. I really do. And see, that becomes my question. And I've said it before. Uh, Everybody probably knows here that my biggest reservation with J.D. McKissick has simply been um, I I was just honestly a little bit puzzled um, by his season one usage as a rookie, I mean, you have him a converted wide receiver and yet JD McKissick led all running backs in the number of routes run. Doesn't it feel like Um, that's going to switch a little bit this year though? I'm sure, I'm sure he's like, it it would very much surprise me if JD McKissick led running backs in routes run. Um, But the point is that it's not, I don't understand why that happened. Um, You know, I, I would, have expected that for a converted wide receiver, uh, maybe we see him more involved as a receiver. Okay. That's that's my only question. And it's it's really hard to gauge just because of the number of factors here, his transition from a, a different position. It there's so many different different things that, you know, we can maybe point to as a reason for the lack of usage as a receiver, but um, you know, maybe they did. They just wanted to, to slow him down, move him into the offense and, and roll like that. But it's still just kind of weird to me. I... So, all right. So from weeks four to 16 last year, he averaged 3.7 yards per, or excuse me, 3.7 targets per game. I'm guessing that goes up by at least one this year, right? So, I mean, really, that's. That's 17 more targets. Are you satisfied with that for the well, RB1? Well, I'm saying like just in that stretch. I, I just think, I don't know. I think he's going to get to 65, 70 targets. And if he continues to get the, the lion's share of the workload on the ground, I think he can because I think he's going to be just really efficient all over the field. I, I will say I don't think he's going to be the RB1 this year. But I do think there's a really good chance he finishes as the RB5. And going into next year, we're talking about him as potentially overtaking some of these other guys who are a little bit older, whether it's, you know, Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry. I, I just would not be surprised if that's the case. All right. Then what do you like? I, let's bring this back to Dynasty. Then what are you trading if you're looking to acquire Antonio Gibson? I would say any running back outside of the top five. Like DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, your guy Najee Harris, I think I'd rather have Antonio Gibson. All right. All right. Uh, I, I can tell that you're just totally judging me right now. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I don't think we need to spend too much time on Terry McLaurin, but I think you and I are both in agreement that he's probably somewhere between the 10th and 15th receiver in Dynasty right now. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and you do have what could be an interesting bump for him in the mm. season to come, just given the fact that uh, we've, we're already seeing health issues here for Curtis Samuel. Well, and that's what get I want to get a nice payday. I, I want to talk about Curtis Samuel. That, that's really what is most interesting because I really like Curtis Samuel. I, I think he's a really good player. But 
He's going to miss, I think, a lot of time this season, Kate. Like, he tried to practice on Wednesday, and it was just clear that the groin surgery that he had way back in the summer is still affecting him. So is that going to leave, you know, snaps open for, like, Diami Brown to come in and potentially replace him? I do. Uh, I do think so. So interestingly enough, um, you know, I was trying to think uh, what we can, what what we can plan for this week, and what we should be watching because we're going to be talking about that in our third segment mm-hmm. today. Uh, and and Diami Brown is one of the guys that just pulled up on my list because it's really uh, he's a very intriguing player, and I think he does have a pretty immediately that um, a pretty immediate pathway to potential production. Um, not like an overly uh, agile athlete, um, not like any anything really from a, an analytics sure. perspective that sure. super pops off the page. But at North Carolina did have two back-to-back thousand-yard season, thousand-yard <laughs> seasons, um, total 20 touchdowns as a receiver over the last two seasons. Um, we saw a nice third year leap from him mm-hmm. in terms of uh, efficiency as a receiver. He did take another uh, jump in target share from 2019 to 2020. I think he he was trending very well in the right direction uh, when he was heading in to the NFL. I'm very intrigued by by Diami Brown and his potential, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. I agree. I think this is the time to buy Diami Brown because I do think he's going to work his way into the starting lineup right away. And I think he's going to hold that job for a while because I just don't see Curtis Samuel coming back anytime soon. Um, I want to talk about Logan Thomas because this one I don't understand, Kate. Currently on Dynasty League Football, Logan Thomas is tight end 11. I think that's way too low. There's just no way that I'm taking Dallas Goddard, Nevin Ingram, and Irv Smith over him. Logan Thomas was really good over the last 11 games of the season. Uh, 58 receptions, 564 yards, five touchdowns. And he did that with like four different quarterbacks. And now he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who I think is going to be the best quarterback that he's ever played with. Uh, We saw him, you know, really play well at the end of the season. And if Curtis Samuel is going to miss time, I think there's a chance that he averages, oh, I don't know, I mean... 65, 70 yards a game. And if he can do that, he's certainly going to be a top five, top six tight end. What am I missing on Logan Thomas? I think the the thing that is tripping up most dynasty players is just the late breakout. Um, entered the league in 2014, and we didn't see a breakout until, uh, what, he was 29 years old uh, in the 2020 season. But in that 2020 season, he had nine top 12 performances, 11 top 24 weeks. I mean, he was just across the board. Uh, He was a tight end one in over half of his games in the season. That's really hard to find at the tight end position. I think what we need to look at, perhaps, um, we do see that, you know, that tight ends, they, they often do take a very long a uh, long time to break out. I want to say it was Jeff Ratcliffe had mm-hmm. tweeted out, this was a couple of years ago, um, that, you know, the average age for like a true tight end breakout is right around 29, which uh, fits Logan Thomas. Um, he he demanded a target share. He had the perfect opportunity because of a limited, rece- limited receiving core. 
I don't think a lot of that has changed, but then let's look at the investment that Washington has made in him. Um, We just got word uh, this morning, I believe, that he was named a team captain Mm -hmm. for the, the Washington football team. And then let's not forget, he got a really nice real nice uh contract extension here that uh, three years 24 million dollars seven million dollar signing bonus i I think washington has sort of made it clear uh what they think of logan thomas i think it's us you know as as fantasy football consumers we're the ones being skeptical but i think washington's already told us what we need to know about what they think about logan thomas so this uh, he's a buy low for me I agree. I think he is absolutely a buy low. I think he's just going to have a really nice season. Um, one more guy that we need to bring up here uh, to talk about with Washington, Taylor Heineke. Now, I'm sure, Kate, you weren't ready to do a Taylor Heineke discussion on this podcast, but I, I just want to mention this. No, I was not. <laughs> Currently on Dynasty League football, he isn't even ranked inside of the top 40 quarterbacks. And I get it. I mean, they right, they they paid a decent amount of money for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but... I'm telling you right now, Tyler Heineke is going to start at least a few games this year because we know what happens to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He starts the season off hey, really nice. Hey, would you? Yeah, he, well, I'm saying he starts the season off really well, and then he struggles down the gate. Uh, but remember, Heineke was really pretty good in the playoff game against Tampa Bay. He had 306 passing yards. He added in 46 rushing yards and a touchdown. If he becomes a starter at any point in the season because of his athleticism— I do think he could be, I don't know, a, a middling quarterback too. And if you are in a super flex league or a two quarterback league, you can get him for nothing right now. I'm looking at trades in super flex leagues where he's going for like Keelan Cole or Samaje Pirine or Dwayne Haskins. Like this is a guy to pick up now because I promise you he's going to start at some point this season by Taylor Heineke. What do you think? I mean – I actually, I don't, I don't hate this. You know, like you said, the opportunity is probably going to be there for him to at least see the the field in, you know, a limited capacity. Um, I, I definitely think his playoff performance in 2020 gave us a lot to think about because mm-hmm. he did look very polished going up against a very stout Bucks defense. And obviously there was, there is always the aspect of, you know, what, you know how much do we weigh in the fact that he was sort of like a surprise you know he maybe the defenses didn't quite know what to plan for so I'm always a little skeptical when we see you know a um a a, you know a new starter come in and just absolutely light it up but Heineke looked really good um, 24 for 44 or 26 for 44 passing 306 yards and a touchdown rushed for another touchdown. He definitely has that mobility. Uh, I think I, he's, he's an intriguing buy in a, you know, a two quarterback yes. super flex league, uh, because he is going to be a guy that if he makes the start, I think he's pretty easy to, to slide in there just with the, the rushing upside. Yeah, I mean, once he starts, I'd rather have him than guys like Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton. I mean, guys on that tier. So you can get him really cheap. And again, I promise you he's going to be starting at least a couple games this year. Uh, All right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football. 
as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Kate, we've got week one uh, starting tonight with Cowboys Bucks. Uh, but if you've had some injuries, maybe you lost J.K. Dobbins, maybe you lost Cam Akers, and you need some guys uh, to just plug in and play in a flex spot this week, do you have a couple guys that are deep on your bench that you wouldn't mind starting? So this is actually uh, a perfect time for this because my my dynasty deep got deep deep dive at the running back position. I'm looking at JD McKissick. I go. referred to him earlier. Um, you know, he did lead all uh, running backs in the 2020 season in terms of routes run. I think that this is a, a nice matchup. Tennessee ranked, uh, you know, pretty well in terms of the points allowed to the running back position. And I, I think there's going to be opportunity, especially with the Curtis Samuel injury, for him to uh, just, you know, get get a decent target share. I like that. Um, we saw him really, really flourish in the second half of last season once he established himself as a receiving option. And I think uh, he's going to fill probably a similar role here in week one. If you're if you're hurting for, for you know, a depth piece, I think you could do much worse than J.D. McKissick in week one. I like that. That's a good call. I think he's going to be a pretty solid floor for you. How about a guy that's a little bit more boomer bust, uh, Kate? What about an older guy? Deshaun Jackson. L- listen, Deshaun Jackson is now with Matt Stafford. He's with the Rams. <laughs> Here's Deshaun Jackson in week one games since 2016. 2016, 6 for 102. 2017, 3 for 39. 2018, 5 for 146 and two touchdowns. 2019, 8 for 154 and two touchdowns. 2020, 2 for 46. Like, there's a potential for sure that he's going to just give you, you know, six points. But I've got a feeling that Matt Stafford's going to want to use his new toy on Sunday Night Football. And Deshaun Jackson's healthy. It sounds like he's had a great training camp. I just would not be surprised if the Rams take a couple shots down the field against this Bears defense that's very, very suspect at cornerback. I like Deshaun Jackson this week, only owned in 3% of ESPN leagues. Uh, I think he's a, a nice, fun flex play, and I'm starting him in a couple leagues. I'm, I'm going to follow up and uh, be a man of my word. I'm starting Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think this sort of speaks to the art of Dynasty is finding some of these players that – uh, you know, our, our low roster ship, um, but it's, it's really depth. I think where you win at mm-hmm. your dynasty fantasy football leagues, you can have all the studs in the world, but as we've seen with, uh, Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, um, it's, it's the depth that's going to help you reach that point where you can be a sustainable dynasty team. Um, I, I really like that. I, I've got one more for you. If you're ready. Well, I'm ready. It's, it's with the theme of the show. What about Adam Humphreys? Again, we saw Curtis Samuel. Basically, I think he's going to be ruled out for week one. Humphreys is going to play in the slot. They're going to have a rookie, Diami Brown, on the outside. I would not be shocked if Humphreys, in this game against the Chargers, gets sees, you know, seven, eight targets. And it's not going to be 
the most exciting. He's probably not going to go over 100 yards. But if you just need a guy to get you six for 60, I think Adam Humphreys can do it for you. Hey, he he did have one, uh, two performances above 15 fantasy points there you go. in the 2020 season, and he was barely on the field. I don't think the, um, you know, in a PPR league specifically, I think he could be a, a guy that they utilize to move the chains, keep the ball rolling, and, and he's going to be a great possession receiver for this offense. We've heard really good things about him uh, throughout the offseason. In a full PPR league, I I don't mind it. Good. All right. I, I get it. If you are really in a tough spot, I think this one makes a lot of sense. But it's not the most. I feel fun. like I'm I'm just high on the the Washington football team right now, though, because we just did our deep dive. Yeah. So now I'm all excited. You're all in, all hyped up. But I mean, this matchup against the Tennessee Titans, I do think, is a very favorable way to open up the season. Don't have a uh, a ton of. Uh, depth necessarily within uh, their entire defense. I don't think they've made a ton of huge improvements right. since last right. year. Uh, and and they were a very favorable matchup in 2020. I think we, we could be onto something. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Week one is here. We cannot wait to be back on Monday to talk about all of the action. Uh, so enjoy the games. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnDynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.